We're clear for takeoff. Hello, hello, one and all. This is the Kings of the Heart Podcast. My name is Tyreek Omari Walton, your licensed clinical marriage and family therapist, joined by the one, the only, my man, my macaroni, my brother, Dr. John Hart. What's happening, Chief? Hey, good morning, brothers. Good to see you, man. I'm good to be good. seen, brother. Good to be thank seen. You. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, and it's always a pleasure. Always exciting. We got some amazing topics, not just today, but moving upcoming ahead for the rest of the year. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm telling yeah. you, man, it's gonna be fire. Yeah. Uh, but doing well. How how are you doing, brother? I'm, do, I'm doing fantastic, man. It's been a good good few weeks. You know, it's getting warmer outside. Finally, the 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 weather stabilizing. And I'm yo, That's I'm chilling point. hard now. I'm just like my days off. <laughs> yo, don't bother me. Don't call me. I'm sitting back there with my little black cherry soda, chilling on the deck, just watching things go by. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like the life, man. Oh, yeah. it is a life, yeah. man. How about you, yeah. man? How you been? Um, really good. Just blessed. You know, the twins turned one a few days Ooh. ago, and so yeah, it's a celebration for them, but also a celebration for me and a wife. Uh, one year, uh, one year of daddy, year, man. Oh, yeah, one year of daddy, one year of parenthood, and mm. so it's great. So you know, we high fived it up. You know, one year down, uh, many more to go. Yeah, so, man. You know, they're they're healthy. They're doing well. So I can't, I can't complain. I haven't had any uh, on the deck with a uh, black cherry soda lately, kind of moments. But you gotta come uh, over. Man. You gotta come over. Yeah. You know, hopefully the wife can watch the kids for a little while. You come on down. Come come chill on the deck yeah. with me, man. We just sit back and kick it like we do right here. You know what? We're gonna take you on that offer. We'll we'll look at the calendars. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take y'all on. You know we always take y'all on offers, so we good for it. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. So, guys, what we want to do today is we want to talk about the importance of getting to resolution when there's conflict between couples. Right. Yeah. One of the things that continues to happen over and over again in session is that the same topics come up over and over and over. People arguing about the same thing that they've been arguing about for years. And I'm like, you know why? Because you haven't resolved the issue from jump. And without that resolution, you're always going to have conflict around it. So we want to kind of break down what that is. We want to talk a little bit about why people are actually have these arguments you know why the lack of resolution um kind of fuels those further conversations and, and arguments and tell you how to actually get to a place of resolution you know the importance of it and how to actually get to resolution so that you aren't running into the same things over and over and over again so dr john let's just let's just get right into it right so here we are we're a couple and there has been an issue that has popped up and I kind of just bury it. You know, I'm not, I'm not addressing you about it. I'm not talking to you about it. It's like we, we, we might've mentioned one thing, but then I'm just holding on to it. And that's, that's the key point. I'm holding on to how I'm feeling about it. And then the situation hops up again. And now I'm feeling even more fueled by um, my disappointment, by my rage, by my, my anger but I hold on to it again. And then the issue pops up again. And now I blow up. I'm actually, I'm absolutely exploding because of how much I've been holding on to. 
And now the other person look at you like, you know, well, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. are you exploding? Why are you exploding over right. this little thing? Why are right. you overreacting to this little thing? Well, it's not just a reaction to that little thing. It's the fact that this has been going on. We haven't found resolution to it. Mm. What happens that people aren't, well, first let's define what it means to have resolution. What does it mean to have resolution and why is resolution so hard to get to for couples? Well, you, you named, you named a couple of factors there, right? So people will bury them, right? Mm-hmm. And people bury for various reasons. Um, you know, when I've worked with couples, it ranges from, I don't want to create more problems right. to, um, you know what, I'm too busy to even think about it right now. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, but the one that you were highlighting in the example is like, yeah, people do bury. So there's this repression like that's going on. Uh, there's also, um, I think why people also are struggling with that is that people aren't as clear. Um, I, I, this is what I'm trying to say. I think there are people who are for the most part, um, very aware of themselves and what's going on that sometimes when they don't when they aren't fully sure it takes them a while they need to go i have clients who what i call they go inside their shell yeah and they go figure it out and sometimes the the danger about that though which is which is fine which is good but one of the things i've had to tell them though is that because that's not repression they're actually working on it mm-hmm. but what ends up happening is that it can take a while i yeah. have clients there's a couple of clients coming to mind right now. Sometimes it takes days for them to process, process. And figure out. And that's too long, yeah. right? Like we're working on really reducing the time. So mm-hmm. that's the other problem. But um, but even where, in that example right there, what are they actually processing? Are they processing how they feel about the problem? Are they processing a resolution to the problem? What are they actually processing that's taking so long? I think I think it's I think it's, to be honest with you, understanding the profile for this particular uh, group of folks is I think it's all of that. Mm-hmm. OK. And part of it also is that they get overwhelmed. And so yeah. they do it in bits and pieces. Right. Um, there's a couple of clients that come to mind. And so all that you listed is technically the, pro- the processing the event, the processing their emotions, the processing the impact this had on them. Right. The processing. um um, things that were said to them, but technically, what also gets them in trouble is they're also processing other similar events, mm-hmm. right? So they're just stuck, right? And sometimes, like therapy is good because, like you, you know, they're able to come and they're able to kind of work that out, right? And uh, I think that's the point right there. They're stuck. So even in right. the processing, correct, that processing is actually stuck somewhere. There's something right. they're having a hard time actually figuring out. So they, even though they're trying to work it out, they're yeah. running into some kind of complication that's keeping them from doing it. Yeah, absolutely. The um, another thing that comes to mind too that I've seen is this is not all, but um, there's 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 been too much conflict. So there's a disorganization around mm. like what to even talk about or right. what to even address, right? right? Yeah. Meaning, meaning the situation at hand may technically be tied to like a couple other situations that, to your point, were never resolved. Right. So to talk about that one thing does involve pulling in a couple of others in a way and that can get messy it's very disorganized which is why again you know you got to come to therapy and have a third person to really like keep it as structured and as fluid as possible but i but i've also noticed that and i'll be honest this is just my opinion i've seen this point that i'm making i've seen it a lot with super reactive couples yeah like yeah. these are couples where it's just so much conflict yeah. that they're never resolving right that they end up intertwining right you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so and that's what just, happens. those are just a few. Yeah. Those are just a few examples. Right. I think the thing too, and I, I kind of want to hone in on this where you, where you kind of started with too, is that 
there are reasons why people bury. You know, right. there are a number of reasons why people bury. And I know the listeners, there are going to be things here that probably sound familiar to you. You know, so one of the things that Dr. John just mentioned is feeling overwhelmed. So in yeah. that moment where you're actually in the first conflict around it, you're not able to kind of process your emotions because you're feeling flooded by so many emotions. So that sense of being overwhelmed doesn't give you the ability to properly process it in the moment to address the issue. So, yeah, so you have feeling overwhelmed. You have the idea that when you are um, not addressing an issue in that moment, that you're maintaining a certain level of peace. Right. So right. here you are. You're not talking about it. You're going to hold on to it because you don't want for things to get any worse than they already are. So, you know, in order to keep the peace, I'm not going to say anything right now. If the time comes, then I'll bring it up. But right now, I'm not going to say anything. But you know what? The time doesn't come unless you bring it up. You have to be very intentional about bringing it up until the next conflict. So, you know, that's one thing that people do. They just figure they're holding on to it and they're going to keep the peace. But you know what happens with that? I tell people this all the time. In your effort to try to keep the peace with your mate, because it's unresolved, you feel no peace. There is no peace in those moments because mm -hmm. you're still struggling with it. So, yeah, there may be a, a, a truce. It's not even peace. It's a truce in that moment with your mate where you guys have decided not to deal with the issue. But because it hasn't been dealt with, there is no Absolutely. actual peace. It's a truce Absolutely. in the moment. And you don't feel that peace because you're still holding on to it. So don't get fooled into thinking that Great by not point. addressing this issue where, you know, we're in some kind of standoff and it's peaceful. No, there is actually no peace. You have to work no. for peace. All right. You have to work for it. So you have to do that. Yeah, that's a great The point. other thing that comes to mind for me is that a lot of people are really afraid of confrontation. Mm -hmm. That whole idea that, you know, well, I can't, I don't, I don't you know, I'm afraid. I, I can't deal with, you know, confrontation and the feelings that come along with confrontation because again you get overwhelmed you're flooded by your emotions but they're so fearful of confrontation that they are not going to bring up or address those slights that lead to you know further bad feelings that are going unresolved you're not resolving anything because you're too afraid to approach the person and you're, you're like you believe that there's going to be a confrontation i tell people all the time every conversation you have with somebody that's not going your way that is um hard that's complicated isn't a confrontation what do you actually are you afraid of uh, uh being further injured by it are you afraid of being yeah. embarrassed that you don't have an answer or response what are you actually afraid of because it's not necessary you're not really in danger there's nothing to actually fear other than that flood of emotions that you probably can't handle. So what is actually causing you to stop and not be able to address things because you're so fearful? What is feeding that fear? So you need to get to the bottom of that so that you can address issues so you can find resolution to it, you know? So what are some yep. more specific ways or reasons why people will actually bury an issue as opposed to actually trying to find resolution? Well, just simply because uh, sometimes like it doesn't have to be a complicated answer, but sometimes people just don't know how. Ah, good. They don't have the tools. They just don't no, have the tools. They don't have the tools. Fair. No, good I point. Mean, Fair point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, you know, like, let's not overlook and sometimes trying to like complicate things. I think one of the one of the biggest motivations um, for coming to therapy is people don't know how to address the problems that they're going through, mm -hmm. and conflict in a relationship is one of them. Because yeah. as you and I know, there are 
healthier strategies and options that let's be honest, the average person isn't prominently thinking about in those moments of stress, anger, fear, you know, all those things. So I think people really, really don't know how. I also think um, people are, and because of that point, people are also leaning on some family of origin stuff. So, right, we learn from, we learn from our family of origin. And so however we handle conflict, some people come from avoidant families. Some people come from families where they're joking. Some people come from families where you, you blow up really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And then like hug it out. Right. So there's all different kinds of um, experiences that people bring into their relationships. It doesn't really mean that they're bad people. Right. You, you right. know, for all our followers, you understand that, you know, family of origin really shapes who you are. It, yeah. it provides the roadmap, the schemas, the expectations and all that stuff. So, you know, we rely on those things. Yeah. And so, again, to Brother Reek's point, you know, when people are repressing, it's it's, it's a lot of it usually is very subconsciously. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's not going to be this. You know, and I, and that's why I want to stress this point. It's like we don't want to make it seem as though people are waking up and they're saying to themselves, "I will not talk about it." While mm-hmm. there are people who will do that, though, I think a lot of the times people are subconsciously trying to figure things out or um, don't have the tools to do it, or their family of origin has already gave them a roadmap of, "Oh, we fought last night," or "Okay, so let's just laugh and move on." Yeah. Right. So I think I think is you know sometimes these simplistic um answers to why conflict keeps arising does come from some of these complicated family processes interpersonal struggles that i think we all are figuring out yeah so they what you're saying is that they don't have a roadmap on how to actually find resolution because from the healthy roadmap right healthy roadmap um because from their families they haven't they didn't really solve those issues they just continue on like they just hugged it out after a conflict but there was no real resolution they don't know how to they didn't never never learned so they don't have those skills there's never a model for them to learn those healthy um resolution skills that's what you're saying yep okay i told you yeah, yeah. yeah i mean and again it's just it's, it's not everybody but you know we have to be mindful that i think a lot of the things that we do sometimes are subconscious mm-hmm. you know yeah you, you know. know one of the other things that comes to mind is that for people this is this level of emotional fragility in terms mm. of, or even relational fragility, mm. where they believe that by addressing an issue and the possible conflict that may arise as they address the issue is going to ruin the relationship. That sense of catastrophizing, believing mm. that this will bring ruin to the relationship if I address this. If I talk about this issue, then it's going to lead to a, a massive argument that's going to lead to the end of the relationship. So that fear, that that unrational fear, that cognitive distortion of um, catastrophizing, believing that this will tear down the relationship if I address this issue, also keeps people from um, really finding resolution. Yeah, You know, you have that, you have the catastrophizing. And another big one is, again, that lack of emotional safety, where you know that if you bring it up, your mate is going to just get defensive yeah. and they're not going to really make room to address the actual issue because they're so worried about how it made them feel that you're even bringing it up. You know, the fact yeah. that, you know, you talk about how you're, you're hurt by it. Now your feelings of being hurt make me feel hurt and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, so when you have a partner who is so super defensive, it may encourage you not to talk about what's going on because you know you're not going to get through the, to them they're not leaving room for you to get through to them right 
So you have yeah. that issue as well. So you have all these different things, some more legitimate than others as to why people actually will not share what's going on, why they're not working towards resolution, why they're holding on to those negative feelings. What is it that, what are the issues that that causes? The the further issues, the other relational issues that are drummed up because of the lack of addressing the issues properly. What happens when you are actually holding on to what you're feeling, to the overall relationship? What are some of the other things that go on that that are caused by not addressing the issues? Yeah, that's a good question. So some of the things I've seen happen is when we're not resolving conflicts and it's it's still there and it's just sit, sitting and it's marinating what it's also doing is it's also taking up the emotional resources of both parties indeed yeah and that's a critical that's a critical part yeah because what that what that means is guys is that as long as those unresolved issues are there it's going to take up your emotional resources which makes you i'll use this term very lightly which makes you um which makes you and the relationship more fragile, susceptible to other conflicts coming yeah. in and having a problem. And more importantly, the implications of that, not having the bandwidth and the wherewithal to even like organize and address those things. Right. So I've been saying that to my clients a lot lately is that with unresolved conflicts, the reason why it's not good is because it's eating away at your emotional bandwidth. It's mm -hmm. taking up all of your emotional resources. And then what that, and so what that means is that um, you won't have uh, as much bandwidth to also consider some of the other options that the relationship needs. Like, you know, romance or really trying yeah. to reconcile. You're not even interested because you're so zapped. Yeah. These unresolved problems have stewed and they keep building upon each other. That that's why sometimes, and Brother Rick, you notice know as well. Sometimes people can't even think about the ideas around things like reconciliation or to even think about like sitting down with the person, right? What do you hear sometimes? You hear like, oh, I'm just so tired. I'm spent. I'm over this. Mm -hmm. All that translates to me is that there has been a hand, there's been so many conflicts that have been unresolved. It's been eating away at your bandwidth. Yeah. And so you're not interested in, in either working on it or you have become, which is we always get scared. I call it the nasty R word. Then you become resentful and yep. as as exactly. as, the, as the other and and then the cousin or the or the sibling to it is which is one of the four horsemen contempt is now here i mean mm -hmm. we get into some really dangerous territories and and again um i know i said that there's others but i just want to emphasize so people can understand the reason why it's it's one of the biggest impacts that can happen to unresolved conflicts building up guys it's eating away at you and your partner's emotional resources and it is compromising your relationship to the brink of of um, more reactivity, dare I say, breaking up and hostility, yep. but more importantly, resentment and contempt. Well, I agree. You know, I think that's the main thing that happens. It, it, yeah. it erodes. It's just another way to put it. It erodes that sense of emotional um, intimacy, right? It's hard to maintain, much less build that emotional bond when you have so many unresolved issues. I mean, you're always, um, and I think there's another thing that happens, where you become kind of hypersensitive towards one another and right. you're always on edge around yeah, the other hyper vigilant, hypersensitive. Yep. Right. You know, so you can't really ma manage a strong emotional bond. It really erodes that it, it takes away. It, it takes, it's like um, the emotional bank account. Mm 
You know, it's making constant withdrawals. You know, as long as you have these outstanding debts of 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 non-resolved issues, you're making constant withdrawals from that emotional bank account. So that connection is constantly being frayed by the lack of, you know, security. Right. Yeah. So you have that. And kind of going back to the other point I was trying to make, you know, you end up walking on eggshells all the time because you don't know what's going to set the person off because there are so many unresolved issues. You feel like, you know, you got to be extra careful in what you say, how you say it. The other person, rightfully so, may not be super comfortable around you because there are a lot of emotions they're holding on to because, again, they're unresolved issues that you don't know what you can say or can't say around them. So you have to walk on eggshells. You have to be extra sensitive to how you approach the person because, you know, they're already on edge. You know, so, you know, who wants to live like that? Who wants to come home and feel like, okay, I have to tiptoe around you. Who wants to live you? like that, yep. No, that, that's, that's what you want to get away from. You know, so as you are holding back your emotions, as you are becoming defensive and not giving the, your mate the room to express themselves and find resolution to things, you're not wanting to take accountability for things. This is where you really begin to see m- more major issues evolve in the relationship because it just they just feed into each other they just continue to feed into each other one thing happens you don't resolve that it it kind of magnifies everything else that happens you know i feel like it's like i'm not feeling good about this and so everything else you do that annoys me is going to be magnified and then what happens like dr john said it begins to lead to those four horsemen, particularly the resentment. I begin to resent you. Once you get to that place of resentment, when it gets that deep, Dr. John, you please tell these people how hard it is to come back from that. When you get to the brink of resentment. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. There's, there's a reason why I call it the nasty R word. I, I, I said, I was like, because once you are on the brink of it, or if you're there, sometimes I joke with my clients I say it's we're not only going to need full commitment and then like therapy we're also going to need prayer it's so hard guys <laughs> yeah which is which is why like we you know this podcast is 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 really here to um really preserve and actually protect against something like resentment or contempt right from like really settling in because you have to understand that we're human beings at the end of the day and so the reason why it's dangerous is that he um folks will folks will emotionally burn out that is what resentment and contempt does it will put you now in a space where you're going to check out you're not gonna your 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 effort is now fully compromised right um and dare i say because we are mfts um people start engaging in 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 some really wild behaviors yep. you know oh, yeah. um yeah. you know what i mean that's where sometimes infidelity starts rising you know it's because and then when you get to the bottom of you know when when these things happen yeah, people have been feeling contempt or resentment for some time right, right? regardless of the situation yeah. you know that's one of the things so it's very people start taking chances they start taking chances yeah. they shouldn't be trying to take because they're trying to find some way to feel good correct which right. ties back to your point earlier. People, and I love what you said. Uh, that's why I repeated it. It's like people don't want to wake up and be going through this. People, I'm seriously, right. people don't want to live their lives like this. Right. I right. truly believe that. I know you believe it as well. Like no, as, I know as, it. As, as, as humanistic thinkers as we are, 
people do not want to live like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the work. You know, yeah. the work is actually finding resolution. Is being able to have the fortitude to have a difficult conversation so that yeah. you can move forward. So let's yeah. talk about, you know, we talked about the impact that it has on our relationship. When you don't find resolution, because we, we want to get to the solution, right? We want to get to the solution. But over the long term, when you haven't found resolution to um, one issue or two issues, long term, what impact does it have on you personally? Much less the relationship, but on you personally, when you've had to hold on to this stuff for so long and you haven't found the resolution, what happens to you personally? Well, it's it's very easy. You become insecure because your needs have not been addressed. There you go. That's it. There's there nothing else to say. That's yep. exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. Yep. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and so you know, and, and and sometimes you have to help people see that link, and mm-hmm. you, and you do see in therapy. I know you've seen this. So you do see these aha moments where it's like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the reason why I'm insecure today. Yep, is you know it wasn't resolved, and I've become more and more insecure because my needs have not been addressed, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. and and so it's so it's one thing I want to say. There's one thing for one partner to be doing that or going through that. It's another thing when it's both partners, because that is God. usually when the relationship is heading towards like, you know, mm-hmm. bad places. Yeah, you know, because the insecurity is so high. And if you say, well, why is the insecurity so high? To Brother Reek's point, those one or two conflicts that have lasted long, all they're doing is just marinating, yeah. creating creating more insecurities. Yep. Why? Your needs haven't been met. Yep. And that's one of the great things about resolving. It's like it, it, what comes out of that is addressing needs and those wounds that have been opened up. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going along with what you're saying, that insecurity leads to something else. And we've had a whole podcast about this one, a whole it, yeah. episode. Defensiveness. Yeah. At least yep. to be, you being defensive. You know, when you are feeling insecure in your relationship, it does make it harder for you to create a safe space for your mate to communicate their feelings because you haven't been feeling safe. You're feeling insecure and, you know, you're going to be defensive in response to anything they're saying. So what I see happening in, in session all the time is that you have one person saying, well, this is what you do. Well, well you do it, too. Yeah. You know, so here goes the defensiveness. They're not going to take accountability because they've seen you do it as well because you haven't reached resolution about whatever that issue is for them. Their need has not been met. And one of the things I like to explain to my my couples is that. You know, one of the reasons why people become so defensive is, again, because of that insecurity. The reason why that happens, though, is because you are trying to protect yourself from some kind of um, imagined injury. Right. You know, me being defensive and me saying that there's something that I don't want to address. I feel um, under threat by your accusations, by your feelings, by Mm -hmm. your experience. I don't agree with them. They make me feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. I'm going to protect myself from that. Or I don't want to be seen because it's something I already see about myself. Whatever that insecurity is, I'm trying to protect myself from that imagined slight. Yeah. You know, so then now we can't come to any kind of resolution about it because I don't want to address it. So that's kind of like what's feeding that defensiveness. That's what's feeding the insecurity. 
And that's what's nope. keeping the safe from being the space from being safe enough to have the conversation to resolve the issues. So you have to overcome that part of it. Once you got into that part where you're feeling so insecure, it makes it even harder to resolve any issues because you're not going to hear your mate and your mate's going to continue not to hear yours. Absolutely. Right? So you have to undo all that. All that has to be unwound yep. in order to be able to address whatever the issues are and find that resolution. Right. Yep. That's so, the point. Yep. So as we get into this, what are some ways that our listeners can find resolution or work towards resolution? And why is it important to um, make that a focus of y- your time together? How do you actually find that resolution? What do you have to do to, to, to move towards resolution to your issues? I, I think you have to, as cliche as it sounds, both people have to listen because remember you're mm-hmm. coming in quite defensive and you're defensive because you're insecure. Right. You're insecure because your needs wasn't met. Your needs wasn't met because of a conflict that has come about, mm-hmm. right? And so you got to be able to listen, meaning it's easy to enter conversations to try to resolve something very uh, with tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. And the conversation is not about um, – so so with one positive thing, it's like you need to listen. And the thing to not do um, – you know, in relation to listening is to not litigate. Yeah. I, I tell my couples yeah. like this isn't a courtroom. Yeah. You need to stop, stop making doing case. that. <laughs> yeah. It's all about trying to understand what is going on or what was going on for the person. That's the like let's not debate that. It's like right. let's not it, it, because you're wasting time, right? And plus it just brews more defensiveness. So we gotta listen. I also think, you know, we need to be um very compassionate mm-hmm. okay yeah. um we we you know the conflict that arises within couples like both people are struggling and so if and when people are talking about it just understand that that is a human being you love this person you need to understand that they're not perfect and and to come in you know brother ricky always talk about you know and to come in with wild expectations i would strongly recommend not to do that mm-hmm. because with with what i noticed working with with some couples is people are coming into these conversations to resolve with high expectations and right. i'm like this is coming with the fundamental sometimes i tell folks Sometimes, like, to resolve issues, it's going to take multiple conversations. And I say the first part is usually understanding. Mm-hmm. Let's un- let, me, let me understand your position a lot better than back in the day when this conflict happened. I think that's usually the first step, which is why I'm emphasizing just listen. Don't litigate, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, LDL, mm-hmm. listen, don't litigate. You know, like, that, that's, 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 it's important, you know. It's not just cholesterol, but it's also, like, hey, like, literally <laughs> – Listen, don't litigate. And also, you know, and have compassion. And mm-hmm. I think the other thing, too, is people need to be open around expressing what their needs are. Be very clear about what your needs are, yeah. right? So in order to resolve, there are needs that both partners have. You need to be able to express those needs very openly and very clearly. You need right. to be very clear about what your needs. Right. Do not give abstract languages. Be like, I just, I just, I just don't want us to go through this again. No, I don't. I don't think that's it. You need to be able to say like, hey, you know, uh, I need reassurance uh, that you know this isn't going to happen again. And what I mean by reassurance is, I need for us to, 
you know, I would feel reassured if we both signed up for, I don't know, co-parenting classes mm-hmm. because, you know, we've been, you know, there needs, right. that's what I will, I'm always forcing people that like, even though it's your need, it's still your responsibility to be as clear about what your need is. Mm-hmm. Don't give something abstract and then have your partner to guess what that means. Oh, so, gosh. you know, part of resolving, let's be honest, part of resolving is you be clear about your stance, you be clear about what your needs are, you share it with me. And the person who's receiving it, your job is to not dismiss it. Your job is to not challenge it. Your job is to actually be very curious. Yes. So be very yes. curious and yeah. say like, oh, wow, tell me more about that. Or I didn't know that was a need. Or where did that come from? Or, you know, or 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 that. And and, and the last thing that I'll say is, in, in addition to being curious, and, and we'll have to save this part for another topic because I feel like we probably have talked about it, but you need to be open to compromising and negotiating around what these needs could could mean and look like to yeah. resolve it right yeah. so yeah. remember parts of negotiations is you both people are going to come in high and you got to be open to saying like okay you're not going to get everything right if, if, definitely if, if, that negotiation right, so, right and compromise right, right, so, right you said right, right right compromise so in order to do that you need to prioritize your needs mm-hmm. which goes back to my other point which is you got to be clear guys in order to resolve you have to be clear about what your needs are don't bring in 10 things and be like this is what i've had i've had to check clients that's not happening no no so what do i say prioritize take a couple of minutes what's the most important thing that you think would have the most if addressed that would have the most impact for you to move on Mm -hmm. or not be as insecure or as reactive and that helps people so when i say be clear that means be clear about what your needs are prioritize Mm -hmm. and think about the impact so that way your partner has a more realistic picture about how they can negotiate or dare i say work with you in getting them addressed so those are a couple of things that come to mind right i love those i mean the one of them i'm going to come back to i want to definitely the last thing you said i want to come back to that um at the at the end of what i have to say there are two sides of this of course right the person expressing themselves and the one who has the issue that needs to be addressed that they're you know you're holding on to and then the person listening you know and so as part of being an empathetic listener as dr john was saying you have to have a sense of empathy and a sense of compassion that's it has to be part of your role as just being a listener but the other part of your role as a listener is to be ready to accept accountability. Right? Absolutely. So if there's an issue that your mate is having that you're somehow involved in, you being insecure, you being defensive is going to get in the way of that need being met, of that issue being resolved. So you have to come ready to take accountability for whatever that issue is, recognizing Absolutely. that you have to make a change. Now, one, you have to validate what the person feels, but then two, be ready to make some kind of change so that this issue doesn't continue to come up. And that's what often gets in the way. People, and I mentioned that, people don't want to take accountability. So you have to come ready to take accountability, deal with whatever guilt you may be feeling, whatever insecurity you may be feeling, and be ready to make a change, right? So that's one thing as a listener. As a person expressing yourself, the first thing you have to do, and I tell this to couples all the time, if you don't feel safe in being able to address the issues you have, the first thing you have to do is address that emotional safety. Even before you get to the issue, you have to create a foundation of emotional safety. So have a conversation about that. Make sure that you guys are creating the atmosphere where you can have the conversations. So no matter what tools we give you, if you don't feel safe in using them, then they're not going to get used. 
So you have to create an atmosphere of emotional safety first. That has to be the first thing. To piggyback on what Dr. John was saying, you also want to make sure that you are being very clear about what the issue is. Because if you've been holding on to it for a while, now you're going to start conflating all the different situations. And it's going to sound like, yo, there's all these different things that are happening when it's really just one issue. It's the same issue appearing in many different ways, causing many different kinds of conflict. So make sure you're prioritizing what the issue is and not 15 different situations or 15 different issues. No, this is what the issue is. Let's just focus on this one right now. Let's find a resolution to this issue. We can come back to whatever else is happening, but this is the one issue that we need to discuss right now. This is the thing that is leading me to feel the most closest to resentment. So let's address mm -hmm. this so we can move forward to other things. But this is what needs to be addressed immediately. And I will say the last thing is um, making sure that you are coming up with a plan. Mm -hmm. You have to mm -hmm. come up with a plan. So now as you are addressing the issue, now that you are trying to find resolution, being able to be vulnerable and express what the issue is for your mate to be able to validate what the issue is and to take, be ready to take accountability. Now, both of you have to actually come up with a plan so yep. that the issue is being actually resolved. That's what resolution means. It is being done. It's done. We have, come to some kind of agreement about what the issue is and we're doing something about it. Resolution doesn't stop just because we both admit that there's a problem. The yep. resolution is the actual plan that's put in place so that the problem doesn't continue to exist. You have to come up with a plan. And that's not right. just on the person who is expressing themselves. They may have some ideas. You may be the initiator, but you have to work together as a pair, as a couple, as a team, to actually yep. find the proper way yep. of solving the issue, finding yep. true resolution, coming to a conclusion about what this is so that we're not continuing to find the same issues over and over and over again. That's yep. what you have to do. Right. So that's part yeah, that's of it. that is part of the process of it, you know, so. As we begin to wrap up this session, you know, I know there's a lot that we said, there's a lot that we covered. But Dr. John, what are some of your noble truths for this conversation around resolution and the importance of resolution? Yeah, um, I, two things. Um, I think one, if if you're in a relationship and and you ask yourself if there is currently a lot of conflicts that have been unresolved, um, Please find, please find your nearest like marriage and family therapist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, like you sure. think about all the stuff that we said, it's, 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 it's very hard folks to navigate unresolved, many unresolved conflicts just with both partners. You need help. And so I, I want to uplift it. If you really think about the things that we laid out, how we broke it down, it's so nuanced and complicated. You're going to need some help. So yeah. I would say if you if you listen to this podcast and, and you get to the end and you ask yourself, you know what, are there a, a lot of unresolved conflicts? Um, uh, am I feeling insecure? To, to Brother Reed's point, am I feeling more hypersensitive and hypervigilant? Or am I seeing that in my partner as well? reach out you yeah. know folks folks are around yeah. my second point also is um around uh, resolving conflicts is 
really try to be clear about what is working and what's not working mm. when you guys are talking about when you guys are engaging in conflict yeah i think we need to be very clear about in our relationships because it's not to say that everything that we're doing is wrong but we really need to at least just slow down and so one of my biggest noble truths that uh, i want to share with folks is um if and when you can a good activity even even if things aren't going wrong right now i think a good activity would just be sit down and just explore hey whenever we've had disagreements or conflicts what are some things that we do well what are some things we don't do well mm -hmm. and to brother reek's point create a plan around it. yeah that's what i got yeah i would say my noble truth for this week is recognize that one of the major things that gets in the way of people being able to find resolution is that sense of defensiveness. You being super defensive and not wanting to take accountability for whatever the issue is, for you not wanting to do the work on whatever the issue is, that is what's causing the issue to remain and not be resolved. So you need to get over that sense of defensiveness, whatever's feeding it, the insecurity, whatever it is, and make room for your mate to be able to express themselves, take accountability and do the work to solve the issue. The other side of it, too, um, my other noble truth is that, you know, the reason why you are feeling the way you are feeling, the reason why you are maintaining such a negative feeling or not feeling good about your mate or about your relationship is because there are so many unresolved issues. That is what's feeding the negativity in your relationship. So in order, and that's the reason why we even had this podcast, this conversation all together. We want you to feel better in your relationship. Yep. We want you to feel yep. more comfortable, more confident, more connected. All those C's. We want you to feel that way. And the way that you begin to do that is by addressing whatever the underlying issues are. So you Absolutely. have to result. You have to come to come some kind of resolution. Come up with a plan. Come up, with, come up with a strategy. Create a safe space. That's key. Create a safe space so that you can have these conversations in the first place so that you can move beyond them. That's not to say that you're not going to have more issues in the future. But as long as you're not resolving the issues that you have today, all it's going to do is add up when other issues do arise. And yep. the last thing you want is more issues than you can actually handle. So you yep. have to find resolution to each one as they're coming up. Don't hey, look, it may take you a couple of days to kind of process what's happening, but you want to make sure that you are processing them quickly enough so you can resolve them quickly enough before the next thing comes up. So. It's just, we just have to, you have a lot of work to do. Basically, that's what you do. You do have a lot of work to do to, in order to get to a better place about the issues and do the work. That's basically what you have to yep. do. So, yep. anyway, Dr. John, we got to wrap it up. Please tell the people where they can find out more information about you, your practice, and the work that you do. Hey, um, come show some love at www.kingsoftheheart.com. All right. We're doing a lot of great stuff, folks. It's, mm -hmm. it's going to be a big year for us. Um, and so come check out all the material we have on there. Um, you're also more than welcome to come check out, you know, um, the Relationship Counseling Center of Maryland. All right. That's www.rccmaryland.com. Uh, we're doing a lot of great work in the community and also you can find me on um Vera institute of justice you know, website and all the great stuff that tied to in terms of equity and criminal legal reform and mm -hmm. you know trying to make the place a, a better place you know it's so many different arenas so you know For but sure. of course you can find dr john hard on so many different social um, social media platforms you know just type it in i'm sure it'll be a bunch of stuff that pops up and you can find me feel free to reach out there you go all right yeah brother reek where can we find you bro so of course like dr john said you can find me at kings with this good brother right here dr john hart yep. and all the work that we're doing there you can also go to my 
my website, TyrikoMariWalton.com, just to get an overall view of all the different things I have going on. If you want to go to my actual media page, that's ViewsAndVibes.com. And, you know, I talk about it every now and then. You know, there's a series of barbershop talks that I do with this great organization called Starting With Today. Go yep. to their webpage, startingwithtoday.org, or you can check them out on social media at Starting With Today as well. And you can also find me at Tyreek Omari on social media sites. And that's where I am. So, Dr. John, my brother, as always, Salute. it's been fun. As always. I can't wait yes. for our next, man. I can't wait for our next conversation, man. I don't know if they're ready for it. Next week's going to be great. Yeah, so, man. can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. Man. Everybody buckle up. Get ready. Yeah, man. All right, brother. Good to see you. Listeners, good to, see you, good to, good to spend time with you guys as well. You always. guys take care, and we'll see you guys soon. Peace.